0: okay so in the parable of the sower I'm sure m- most if not all of you have read that parable and you may have heard sermons on it over and over you know the spirit of prophecy says there's more there's more to be gained out of that parable than we, we've even come close to understanding I will tell you that the reason that we don't glean out of it what well, we could is because we don't understand the soil and as a result because we don't understand the soil and how it works we really don't even understand our own character and the issues that we have to face you know within our own character because that's what it's talking about so in that parable what is the problem? is it the seed? is the problem in that character? is it the sower? no what's the problem? it's the condition of the soil that's determining what uh, what the the final results are whether there's fruit born whether the plant can gr- take root can grow and bear fruit and even at that see i was sharing last night where jesus talks about the the good soil and it talking what what does he say about it that some will bear 30 60 100 well we're going to talk about why he said 30 60 100 and if you didn't understand how the soil works, you wouldn't even pick that up. It's, it's one of those things that uh, if, without an understanding of how soil actually works. So what we're going to do is we're going to look here at what the right model is. Now, I've been told by people there is no ideal soil. And I can't, couldn't disagree more. Let me ask you this question. How many means of salvation do we have? One. Could there be more than one, honestly? Could there be more than one? No. Uh, how many how many methods are there to practice the health ministry? Well, there's lots of ways you could do it. Just like we're going to look at when we look at the different schools of thought in agriculture, there's lots of ways that you could do it. But how many right ways are there? There's just one. It's one. Well, I'm going to tell you that there is only one model that's correct. And identifying what. The soil should be. It's also telling us what our characters should be. Because that's what the parable is talking about. On Friday evening, I'm going to talk about something else that's brought up in this uh, the parable of the sower. And that's the, 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 the uh, disciples come to Jesus and they ask him, Why is he teaching in parables? And what does Jesus answer? He says, Because seeing, they, what? they don't see. And hearing, they don't hear. We're going to go into that as well, but that'll be that'll be on Friday evening. Um, why they weren't seeing? We have lots of schools of thought, and what soil fertility should be. Does anybody? Could anybody list any of those? Can anybody think of any? We've well, got the most obvious one. You've got the conventional philosophy of how things should be done, and we're going to look at it in just a second you've got the organic philosophy of how things should be done and, and then you've got uh, like the biodynamic school of thought, you've got the permaculture school of thought, you've got the biological school of thought and what you'll discover is, is that just like we have so many denominations in Christianity they all select one aspect and they emphasize it to the detriment and neglect of the others Um, I'll save a little bit of that to get in there, but anyway, so we're going to look at getting the model right and we're going to look at some of the the guiding principles from inspiration. If you believe this, and I'm going to assume that everybody in this class believes in God as a creator and a redeemer, if that's true, then what he has said should be consistent with what he made, shouldn't it? (laughs) Doesn't the Bible say that what he made testifies to what he said? another thing that will be talked about on Friday night is you know Paul said that we have no excuse because the very attributes of God are testified to in nature right? Uh, even the Godhead as we go through this you're going to see why God put Adam and Eve in the garden it wasn't by accident it wasn't like well let's try this one out and see if it works or not and if this one doesn't work we'll try a different model out he put them there because that was where they needed to be in order to learn about who they were, to learn about who God was, and to w- learn about what the purpose of life was. So we need to we need to get the, the inspiration and the science, the word and the works, we need to get them in harmony with each other. We can't have one saying one thing and the other saying a, another thing because we're gonna get in trouble eventually. And you can get in trouble on either side. You can think inspiration says something, and the science doesn't agree with it and sometimes it's because the science is wrong, but sometimes it's because our understanding of inspiration is wrong so we need both of them to have, you know, have a much deeper and a more correct conviction and understanding of, of what the truth is so we're going to cover the inspirational stuff first so what uh, I already touched on this, is there a right model? I sure hope there is because, you know, we live in a confusing enough world and that that's the reason that there is confusion. Because the Bible says to seek first, as John pointed out, uh, the kingdom of heaven. And you'll see as we get done with this that everything flows out of that. When you get the character right, because it's consistent with the, the character of God, everything else flows out of it. I did a, I, I normally do, I don't have it as part of this session because I'm, I'm going to integrate it in To the others, um, one on insects, diseases, and pests. Does anyone have any problems with any of those things? If if nobody in this class has a problem with that, then I'm going to come sit down and listen to them. Um, and the interesting thing is when I do, when I do these presentations, whenever I do that class, the population in my class doubles or triples. When I that last year, when I did it in Texas, I'm not kidding. The room I was in wouldn't fit any more people, the alkyne pouring in. And I told them before I started the class, you're going to be disappointed by my answer. Because what they, what, what we want to hear is, we have these specific problems and we want solutions. To, we want, what we want is interventions to take the symptoms away. We don't want to solve the problem. We want to take the symptoms away. Well, I'm telling you that there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of variables on that, on those problems. So, what we're gonna do is we're gonna, instead of fighting off death, we're gonna look at fostering life. And you'd be surprised how fostering life just takes care of those problems and they go away. So, it again is the conditions, the conditions that are required for life to prosper. And Jesus wants us to have life. He said that. He said that he came that we might have life and we might have it more abundantly. So that's what God wants for us. He wants us to have life. Um, boy, I just have the temptation to veer off on all kinds of stuff when we do that. You know, the whole idea of suffering and everything is a, is a subject that we could spend the whole time we're going to do this on and properly understanding that. So, in my opinion, there is a correct model. But we have to define what that model is. Our temptation is to go and look at what the world is doing and because it's popular, that's what we want to do. And we never ask the questions, what are the, what are the philosophical underpinnings and what are the scientific underpinnings of that approach? When you start looking a little bit closer, you start becoming a little more disturbed about some of these approaches. And, and I'll tell you up front that there's one common factor in all of these schools of thought. There is a desire to deny... A standard. Nobody wants to have a standard that they're accountable to. And you'll see that as we go along here. So let's start looking at it. We have to go to the beginning when God established man, was establishing life. And, we, and I want to read this because you're going to see as we go on and we start looking at the science of it, that the model is right here. Genesis 1:27 and 28. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to be fruitful and multiply. So he gave his mandate there, too, to be fruitful and multiply. And when we, when we go into talking about some of the problems that arise, uh, because of the problems in the condition of the soil, it's that mandate right there that causes the problem. Because in nature, nature is not in rebellion against God. It's just broken because of the curse of sin. And nature will always pursue this mandate to be fruitful and multiply. Always. To the detriment of its own self. The real, the real question is whether there's sufficient capacity for that mandate to be fulfilled. Or if failure comes because there isn't enough. Genesis 2.7 seven. And the Lord formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. That's the model right there. Now, we're going to go into the practical, what that looks like in practicality. But there's a determined aspect to it, the dust of the ground. Now, let me ask you a question here. Do you think God just randomly threw a bunch of stuff together and, and um, that's what he formed man from. But well, what does it say up here? It says God created man in his own image. So whatever he whatever dust he put together, it was a reflection of his character. And then that dust had the breath of life breathed into it and it became a living being. What, what is it? You know, I know there's a lot of ideas what a living being is out there, but, you know, what does that represent? It simply represents the testimony that we become a witness. We become a witness to the glory of God, to the character of God. We become a reflection of that image. And the mandate is given to be fruitful and multiply. Multiply what? To multiply the image of God. To fill the earth with the glory of God. That's the whole purpose. The breath that's breathed in there, if that breath is not there, that dust does not live. Or if it does, it is not expressed correctly. And you'll see as we go along that, um, and I emphasize this a lot, the wrong spirit can do more harm than the wrong character. Because the right character can, be, the, the character can be corrected, but it has to be corrected in the right spirit. If it's not, you never get the right character. You get the wrong understanding. I, I put a term on it called understanding. How many people do you know? Yeah, we better state that. <laughs> it comes back to Paul illustrating that the Godhead is represented. The Godhead is represented here. The Father is in that dust, the Spirit is in that breath, and in that living being is Christ. That's what it is. Um, And you can have the right knowledge, in other words you might know what the dust ought to be, but your understanding of that knowledge can create a completely different witness what I mean by that is well let me use this illustration how many know what the music is to a song in, a, in, a, in, op- in juxtaposition to the lyrics what does the music do to the words it gives them it, yes it, it, it is the emotive power the emotion that's given to those words and so in other words it. It communicates to you the feeling that you should have towards those words or towards that character, right? So, can you imagine Abraham walking up to the mountain to Mount Moriah with his son Isaac to sacrifice him? And the words that he's thinking, the emotions he's um, thinking—if they were put to music, what kind of music would you put it to? Would you put it to a little bebop and kind of, you know, party music as he's, as he's going up there wrestling with the idea of sa- you know, sacrificing his own son? Would that give it the right understanding? No, it wouldn't. Um, and this is an, the more that you get these things, for both practically and spiritually, that's why this, the garden is a, a wonderful place to learn about God and to learn about life because so much of these, so many of these illustrations are there. You have that soil has to be able to breathe in order for that dust to properly be expressed in that living being. Now we're going to look at this in practical terms, so we just just have to be patient when we're going to get there. So here's the model right here, scripturally speaking. But there are details there like okay, what dust? We're going to look at that. What what comprises that dust? And you'll see one school of thought decides what it's going to be comprised of for a very specific reason, but it's a very destructive reason. You can take good things and you can make them destructive if they're not consistent with everything else that should be there. Um, The word I would put on it is stimulation. The world is full of stimulation today, but not nourishment. Nourishment increases life. Stimulation only extracts it. And we're going to look at that too. So let's move to the next one. Is God specific or is he not? When he asked Noah to build an ark, did he, tell, did he say to Noah, um, well, I'm going to flood the earth. Can you come up with a design that would work to save anybody that would, would enter in? Did he do that? No, he didn't do that. Thankfully not. Yeah, thankfully not, right? Uh, he said, make yourself an ark, and this is how you shall make it. And he gave him specific details of how it should be done. Why did he give him specific details of why it should be done? Think about that for a minute, and we'll move to the next one. Uh, well we'll read this quote down here God gave Noah the exact dimensions of the ark and explicit directions in regard to its construction in every particular that's from Patriarchs and Prophets page 92 Exodus 25 verses 8 and 9 and let them build me a sanctuary according to all that I show you that is the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furnishings just so shall you make it again I'll ask the question Did God give a a house design catalog to Moses and say, pick what you liked? Absolutely not. And again, thankfully, he didn't. Why is it that God was very specific about it? You'll find that God's specific about everything in life. There's nothing general about any of it. Because it's reflecting a perfect walk. Exactly. Because it's reflecting God's purpose, it's reflecting God's government, it's reflecting God's character. Um, and so it had to be done according to God's design not according to the way we felt it should be done not according to the way we saw things but according to God's purpose Um, I put this in here, let's just go ahead and read it from education page 20 uh, I supplied the emphasis there The system of education instituted at the beginning of the world was to be a model for man throughout all after time. How long? Perpetually. As an illustration of its principles, a model school was established in Eden, the home of our first parents. The Garden of Eden was the schoolroom. Nature was the lesson book. And the creator himself was the instructor. And the parents of the human family were the students. Um... Something John, John and Pam shared made me, made me think of this. What is it you're after when you're trying to make a living? It's about what you can get, right? Making a living is about what you can get. We're not talking about that here. What we're talking about is what makes a life. Because what makes a life is based on what you can give and in order to properly learn we need to be in the classroom and we need to have the right lesson book and we have the need to have the correct instructor in order for us to be able to, to understand things as we properly should does it matter? well I hope you would say yes it matters yes. I just threw this one in there Just again as an emphasis there are many ways to practice the healing art but only one way that heaven approves from Second Selected Messages page 287 again there is only one model Now, hopefully I've satisfied sufficiently that we could agree on that Uh, I'm not here to tell you what you should believe I'm here to share with you what I believe to be true and so I encourage you to continue to, to consider this, to question it, to, to, to pursue a better understanding and knowledge of it. Don't just, you know, it's easy for us, we could come together with like-minded people, and this happens all the time. Whether it's in your vocation, you know, you, you, you tend to hang around with people that you, that do the same type of work that you do. You hang around with people that have the same religious beliefs that you do. You know, you could go into a, a, a whole lot of things. Sometimes you begin to, Start repeating narratives that you hear amongst yourselves. And not the narrative that's true. That comes from God. And so, just because I say these things, I, I, I sure hope that you'll go and you'll, you'll, you'll act. You'll consider it. Chew on it. Think about it. You know, is it reasonable? Does it make sense? God is always reasonable. It always makes sense. He's not unreasonable. Second Testimonies, page seventy. This one makes people uncomfortable. <laughs> it is just as much a sin to violate the laws of our being as to break one of the Ten Commandments. For we cannot do either without breaking God's law. What I mean, what can I add to that? The laws there are laws that govern life. And honestly, you know, when Paul says that we're under the law and the law can't do anything for us. Now, I realize he was talking about the ceremonial law, not just Ten Commandments. But the truth is that the law is not going to change because we didn't comply with it. It's based on the character of God. It is not going to change, and it cannot do anything for us because it's not going to change. You can go jump off a cliff, and while you're heading down, you can shout, I don't believe in the law of gravity. Does the law of gravity care? You know, it's not a matter of you know it being insensitive to your wishes. It's a matter that 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 life is defined by these laws. And abundant life is created based on these laws. And you can agree with them or disagree with them. And it's important that we be able to differentiate this because there's nothing wrong with the law. And in fact, you know, if, if we would realize that the law is actually there for a blessing to us, and that if we saw that, again, it comes back to that breath of life. If we saw it, if we understood that correctly, then the, the witness that would come out of that understanding would be entirely different than what does come out sometimes. We just look at it as just a drag on our lives. I have, I have eight kids, and, you know, we try to instruct, instruct them in the way of the Lord, and sometimes, maybe it's just my kids, but uh, sometimes you get the idea that you're just trying to deny something from them in life. You're trying to keep them from something in life that might be good and wonderful and uh, and sometimes when they get the freedom to go, go out on their own they're heading straight for the, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Um, but the truth is that the law is there to give us life. It's the spirit that we bring to it. It's the understanding. We're going to look at that in the practical soil, how that happens. It's the understanding of that law that makes it a blessing or a curse to us. 1 Corinthians three sixteen seventeen. 17. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, the the, the Jewish economy was pretty much over, right? It was over because something better had come. What it pointed to had been demonstrated. And so now what was an external thing would become an internal thing. And I put this in here because... I wanted people to see that previous quote about violating the laws of our being is just as much as violating the Ten Commandments. To violate the temple of God in any way is a violation of the the commandments of God. It is a violation of life. There is nothing amoral in life. No thought and no expression of that thought, whether it's in word or deed, that is amoral. It either gives to life, it increases life, or it takes from life everything. There's not there's not a thing that's excluded from that. I know a lot of people want to say music is a big one. Oh, uh, music is amoral. There's no you know it's, it's not. But uh, if if you could if you could actually take songs, the lyrics, and put different styles of music to them and listen to them, you would feel it yourself. You would feel it yourself an entirely different understanding is given to the words. And again, the, the, the kind of spirit that a person brings to the truth will give it an entire, entirely different feeling, a entirely, entirely different understanding um, to what's being communicated, what's being expressed. And of course, 1 Corinthians 6.20, For you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. I put these in here, simply to show that the Bible says the same thing that the Spirit of Prophecy does. It's because we're kind of dull-minded, that we, our, our eyes are kind of dull and our ears are not hearing too well, that we have to have a little bit better elaboration on, on being able to see. It's there, it's there the whole time. You know, the truth is there the whole time. I tell my kids all the time, you know, when you talk about the, the idea of tithing and, and receiving a blessing as a result of that, it's not a magic trick. That God does, it's not a, some arbitrary thing. Okay, well you've satisfied me, you've done, paid enough tithe. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a blessing. Do you know what that does? This is again the, the kind of spirit that we bring to this. What that does to the character of God, what people's image of the character of God is when you when you represent things that way, it's it's not a it's not a magic trick. I tell them the blessings of God are flowing continually. Whether we receive those blessings and whether those blessings are communicated through our testimony is going to be determined by our understanding and our knowledge. It's just like, um, I, I learn new stuff. I've been doing this for a long time and I learn new stuff all the time. And I can tell you after 26 years, I feel like I'm just beginning to know and understand. Um, but again, all of this knowledge is already there. The correct understanding of it is already there. The problem is that we don't see it. Or commit to it. I'm sorry? Or commit, to it. or commit to it. Yeah, we're going to talk about that Friday night. Okay, are you following me so far here? I haven't lost anybody yet. Okay, when we get to the more technical stuff, we may have a bigger problem. But I think this is pretty straightforward. That model in the Bible is Jesus Christ. And the sooner we learn that if we will embrace the truth as it is in Jesus, as Christ will become our righteousness in all things, the better off we'll be. But here's the spiritual model. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No other option. I know a lot of people have ideas there are. I want to put different versions in different ways. And you know what? The interesting thing is you'll see in life that every single discipline the devil uses the same tactics. It doesn't matter whether it's in spiritual things or it's in practical things uh, it, it could be in economics, it could be in finance, it could be in business, it could be in education, it could be in you know social relationships. The same tactics are always used to divide and conquer. To take, give a little bit of the truth that always deny accountability so what is, when you do that, what are you saying? You're saying, I'm the authority. Did you know that there's a panel uh, in the Library of Congress in the U.S., there's a panel that says the true Shekinah. Does everybody know what I mean by I say the word Shekinah? It was the, it was the representation of God over the mercy seat in the sanctuary. The true Shekinah is man. That's in our Library of Congress in our capital. Where people go to gain knowledge in the Library of Congress. So let's look at the soil connection. I put that about the classroom there because that's where we can learn. That's where God was going to instruct Adam and Eve. That is where God did instruct Adam and Eve about himself. He, he, he educated Adam and Eve on him, who he was as God by what he had made. Am I correct about that? Okay, I already already said this, but in Christ's Object Lessons, page 43, that which the parable of the sower chiefly deals is the effect produced on the seed by the soil into which it is cast. It is the condition of the soil, it is the condition of our character that determines the effect on the seed and how it will grow and whether it will bear fruit. And what kind of fruit, if it does bear fruit, that it bears. Because you can bear fruit, but it's not the fruits of the Spirit, necessarily. Okay, so now we know, kind of, from a, from a, a biblical perspective, we kind of know what the model should start looking like. We should, we're, we're starting to see some of the components of that model. You know, We've got, it, we've got the dust, we've got the breath, we've got the living being. Um, we don't have details on any of that stuff yet. There are details that, that go along with that. But there are some other defining principles that we have to take into consideration here. The model has to be what I call a whosoever model. And from Acts, the book Acts, uh, chapter 2, page 221, And it shall come to pass that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How many? So was the, will the model only work here in Australia? Or maybe up in uh, Canada or over in China? Uh, well maybe it would only work with people that are part of this group. Or people are this in this vocation. We've got to get that out of our heads. There is one model and that that model is applicable anywhere you go to whosoever. <coughs> Now you're going to see, if I have time to go into this, that this becomes a problem because a lot of things come along and they work really well. I have people come up to me all the time, well what about this person They're doing this and it seems to be working really wonderful and everything and I have to go back to the principles of this model because I can't always answer those questions. I can't always tell them why because sometimes I don't know enough detail about what they're doing and there's a lot of factors that can come into play um, and and We so easily jump ship because you know what we want? We want something that is quick and easy. But you know what? Salvation is free, but what does it cost you? It costs you everything. It costs you everything. And we don't want it to cost you everything. I do soil consulting. I do consulting for other growers. And you would be surprised how many times I have people who decide, Oh, this is too hard. It's going to take too long. It's going to be too expensive. I'm just not willing to go there. It's kind of like the rich young ruler. When he found out what was required of him, well, you know, that's just a little more than I'm willing to willing to sacrifice. So it will take everything, but it's available to everybody. The next principle that we have to define here is from Isaiah 820 to the law, and to the testimony. If they do not speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Any light? Some light? Okay, what am I trying to get at here? Both of these aspects are in that original model we talked about there. We have the law, which is the dust. The the determined aspect of life. God's character is determined. It will not change. uh, It will not vary. It's determined and the testimony is what results from the combining of that character with the right understanding of that character or the will or the purpose of that character that's what the testimony becomes okay can you have the testimony without law? well yeah you can we got lots of it um, we're going to we'll touch on it when we go into the schools of thought you'll see a big one thinks that all that matters is the testimony but there is a standard by which that witness or that testimony is measured. Am I correct? Is that what that's saying? Okay. What it, can there be law with no testimony? It's a pretty bad thing, but it can happen. Pretty, pretty broad. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there has to be a, a standard, again, a defined standard. That will determine what type of what manner of fruit is being produced. The first one I want to read is Matthew six thirty three. Um, but seek ye first the John and Pam shared this. There we go. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you you will discover that if you focus on the model and creating the conditions that are necessary for life all the other things you concern yourself about work themselves out they really do work themselves out you bear the fruit life is increased it's really what happens I've I've actually been to the place and we're going to talk about this a little bit more later too where there is no disease pressure, there is no pest pressure and the weed pressure is easily managed um, we could we could look at some more biblical quotes that are related to this, but this is what should happen when the right model is applied now you might you're not going to get there in a year you know when I'm talking about the soil and in your own life you know we're going to see as we look at stuff that there are a lot of things you don't know about yourself. But you'll find out. People ask me, do I, do I have to go through all this? Do I have to take soil tests? Do, you know, is there another way? I say, yeah, sure. Just take the spade or the, the digging fork out and dig, up, dig the ground up and put some seeds in. And God will take you to the classroom. <laughs> and you're going to find out you know, what you need to know. Or what you don't know is more what the, what the reality would be. So, it doesn't, you know, you don't have to wait until you understand every detail of this. Go break up the fallow ground and, and, and sow the seeds. This is, when you become a new Christian, I don't know how many of this is, how how many of you this has happened to, but did things kind of go haywire in a lot of ways? All the things you were supposed, thought were supposed to happen, everything was supposed to get wonderful, like, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Well, what happened to that? (laughs) Um, But uh, I'll probably share it on Friday night too. This is not God cursing you. This is God revealing who you are in relation to Him. He's revealing to you what your need is so that you can reflect His image again. He's not cursing you. He's not making you suffer. We've got to really we we create a really bad image of god when we the way we our attitude towards suffering sometimes when in reality um it's god leading us to a better place revealing himself and in revealing himself uh we're revealed we're exposed philippians 2:21 for all who for all seek their own not the things which are of Christ jesus this is the world we live in we live in a world of confusion because everybody has their own idea about the way things ought to be. We're not seeking the kingdom of heaven and its righteousness. We're seeking our own. And we get to enjoy the fruits of our efforts. And most of the time, we don't care for a lot of the fruits of our efforts that are based on this. But this is what causes confusion in the world. It's because everybody has their own idea about the way things ought to be. And what we need to do is we need to learn about what God's way is, what God's purpose is, what His government is, what His character is, and then we need to stay focused on that, stay focused on that, stay focused on that until we can bring it, things, till it's, I'll talk about it Friday night, so I'll just do it real quick here. Um, we need to die daily, but if we die daily and Christ doesn't live, then that doesn't work too well. Um, if I do, if a if a grower sends me a soil sample or, or sends a soil sample and have it analyzed, and the lab report sent to me, and I give them a recommendation based on that model of what they should do, and they don't do anything with it, what good did it do them? It can't do you any good if God reveals Himself to you, and you don't avail yourself of that knowledge and understanding. Okay, that's eating the bread and. Uh, drinking the, the blood of Christ. Okay, any questions, we'll just stop right there with that. Give everybody a, a brief break to stand up and stretch and everything. Um, does anybody have any questions or anything they want to ask me? If not, we'll just take a quick break, stand up, stretch, take a, get a drink of water, go to the bathroom if you need to. This media was brought to you by Audioverse